I just want to do God's will. The kind of revolution that the world needs is a Christian revolution. If you want a miracle, you've got to expect it to happen. You are the recipients of God's grace and God's blessings, and you rejoice in that reality. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here, and you know the two things you're not supposed to talk about, religion and politics. Well, we're going to talk about both of those today. In fact, sometimes you won't be able to tell the difference between the two. Because let's face it, there are so many issues these days that we call political. Eh, that, that you know, I think politics is encroaching on everything. Uh, that wall of separation that was intended to keep the government out of church—it just—it's just—it's broken down. So we're going to talk about that today. My guest is the host of a radio program that's heard across the U.S. online, obviously around the world. If you're on the internet. Uh, and growing, so you if you don't hear him today in your market, you could hear him very, very soon. His name is Todd Huff. He hosts the Todd Huff Show, uh, and he says he, that he is a conservative and not bitter, which is a good thing. If you're a Christian, it's good not to be bitter. So we're going to hit a few hot issues, so if you're interested in the politics, um, you'll enjoy this. If you're not, well, you might need to wake up because the political people right now are interested in meddling in your life and you might want to wake up. Todd, welcome to Life Today Live. Good to have you. Randy, it's a pleasure to be here, sir. Thanks for that intro. So explain a little bit about who you are for people that don't know you uh, and, and a little bit of your background, then we'll jump into some of the topics. Yeah, so I am a conservative Christian talk radio show host and podcaster. You got to say that today in yeah, today's right. world. And um, I'm from a little town outside of Indianapolis, Indiana called Monrovia. I was born and raised here. Um, I actually got accepted to West Point and to Annapolis back in 1997, but was medically disqualified for sleepwalking back in those days. And so attended Butler University, uh, played football there, studied political science, philosophy. The plan was to go to law school, but went to a pre-law program at American University in D.C., Loved the program, realized that the world has one too many attorneys as it is. It wasn't for me. And uh, I graduated and Randy, not knowing really what I was going to do. And so I actually, believe it or not, managed a standard bred horse farm for three years, which is where I first got introduced to talk radio, was an avid listener of uh, my hero, really, in this professional sense, Rush Limbaugh and studied how to do that studied and and really paid attention to what was going on and fast forward to 2015 started podcasting in our closet my wife's closet in the bedroom and now we're uh, part of a radio network called audio one and we are expanding across the country and uh i love it i consider it a ministry it's a mix of politics religion worldview and culture but man oh man is it desperately needed today yeah, it is. And, you know, um, I used to moonlight for a lawyer, so I, I can do this. But you know what you call three lawyers at the bottom of the ocean? What's that? A good start. A good start. see that. Yeah, see that. Some of the Christian or conservative talk radio space is a little crowded these days. What do you think sets you apart? You know, first of all, I'm from a... My, my dad's a union Democrat. I was raised in a non-Christian home. I became a Christian in 1993 hmm. uh, through the good people doing the ministry at uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA, hmm. back in uh, a little town called Marshall, Indiana, back in 1993. And so, you know, I've seen 
I've seen the world, um, I think through a couple different lenses. Um, you know, I, I knew what it was like before, uh, accepting Christ, even though I was just a teenager, I remember going to those early Bible studies when I first started going to church. And I remember telling people, can you believe it says this in the Bible? I didn't know this story. You know, I was so excited, but I think a lot of people who had heard those stories their whole lives, um, it became a little, unfortunately, ho-hum. It doesn't have to be that way, right. but it can be that way, right? right? And I think, you know, for me, I I think I still see the world sometimes through the lens of that teenage kid that didn't know the truth. And so what we try to do is help people hear and receive truth. Not, Randy, that I've got it all figured out, but, um, man, there's a lot of deception and lies going on out there today, and we just want to combat that. We want to provide truth in a way that's uh, easy to digest. That's a little bit fun. We're conservative, not bitter. That's the tagline, the position of the show. I'm not a screamer, but that doesn't mean that we don't have fun. Uh, sometimes at my expense, sometimes at the expense of the radical left, but nonetheless, um, we try to do it that way. It's never personal to me. These ideas are critically important. You know, faith tells us how we're going to live ultimately on the other side of heaven or in heaven. And Politics determines how we live this side of heaven, and we better wake up and smell the coffee because there is an all-out assault on some biblical truths in this country today. So that, I think, is the sticking point for a lot of people. You know, we, we recently had a consultant come in, and he was talking about different audiences. And you got your Burke and Smith, which is kind of your talk radio conservative-type people. And then I forget what he called another group. There's, there is a group that's well-identified that, that they're Christians, but they kind of don't want anything to do with this dirty world. You know, they want to be heavenly minded, so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. You know, <laughs> what, what, what are your thoughts just on, on the importance of Christians, people of faith, getting involved in this world now? Because just, there's just, there's an escapist mentality amongst the church and we just let kind of let it all go. We don't tend the garden, right? There is truth there, right? And again, it, to me, maybe it goes back to thinking what happened to me if FCA wasn't there. Or even before that, a group that handed out Bibles in our school called the Gideons. I remember having that little bitty red Bible. I, that was my Bible. That's all I had in those days. And I just, you know, I, I don't know. You don't know what would have happened. Um, God is still God. But you don't know. And we have a role. I'm, I'm reminded of where the Bible talks about us being God's workmanship. I mean, he wants us to come alongside of him and to do his work to help bring uh, the kingdom of God here as best we can. And that requires work. That requires, I mean, I, I'm reminded of so many stories in the Bible where people stood up to governing authorities of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel and to an extent, maybe Joseph when he was in prison in Egypt, and uh, even Paul with the religious leaders of the day. I mean, he he stepped on toes. I'm reminded of Elijah. My goodness, Elijah was kind of cocky out there, calling out the prophets of Baal and so forth. And, you know, I think we all have our place, but none of our places is to sit back, you know, kick up our feet at the beach and say, eventually— you know, God's going to make this all right, which is true. Um, but, you know, we have a role today. We need to be busy at the work that the Lord has pre uh, prepared for us to do. I mean, it, th these are all biblical concepts. So 
I get it. I empathize with people. It at times can be overwhelming. <laughs> at times it can make you want to throw up your hands and bury your head in the sand, but that doesn't change anything. Kids are still being taught nonsense in school. Kids are being taught all sorts of things that I would say are outright evil. Um, this, we have forces that are going on in our government and our uh, local government, state government, federal government. These things need to be eradicated, and they're not going to be eradicated by people that don't know the truth and don't have, uh, you know, the spirit of God living in their in their hearts. So we need yeah. to be busy about that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. We can't just sit at the beach while the world burns. Um, that's the job of the president, apparently. That's right. Uh, what, what What do you make? Because uh, so uh, I kind of let's let's get into it. All right. I I don't like just sitting around bashing people. I, I look at everyone not as a target of God's wrath, but as a target of God's redemption. So mm -hmm. it, it's a fine line, especially when you're the public figures. Um, w having said that, the, the actions and the, the ideology behind the current administration, I think are the worst we've ever seen and shockingly bad. Uh, what's going on in your opinion? There's a, that's a, that's a loaded question. Who's, who's running the out. government what I want to know. <laughs> There's all sorts of questions and, and, and directions that we could, that we could take this. But I think in a simple, you know, there's, there's the issue of politics and politics should stay politics, right? I, I want to make sure that, that people know the difference when I'm talking about politics and when I'm talking about worldview and faith and those things that actually the Bible has something to say about. And so there are obviously political problems things that do need to be figured out by the political process. But I would say this, and I, I really want your viewers and listeners to, to know this, that, you know, the political world, everything's political today, right? What you eat, what you drink, what you drive, what you wear, right, I know. You, you know, all these things, political. And that's not the way, that's not the truth either. And the church in many instances has been pushed out of the public life. I'm not saying an, uh, a theocracy. We never wanted a theocracy. People should be free to choose not to live for Christ or to be atheist or whatever. Mm -hmm. But to the point where there's no influence of people of faith whatsoever in any social or cultural setting or governmental position or elected position or so forth, that's a problem, right? That's a big big problem. And not everything is political. In fact, there's a lot of things the Bible has something to say about. And it's not the job of politics to fix some of the things. I, to, to me, the, the most obvious thing would be the issue of, of abortion. And we've taken some very strong steps, I think, in the right direction as far as protecting the lives of unborn children. But there's others as well. There's nothing wrong with wanting to help a brother or sister in need. But there's something, I mean, the Bible even says, if you don't work, you don't eat. And, you know, it doesn't say if you can't work, you don't eat. It says if you don't work, you don't eat. Mm -hmm. And so we've we've allowed a lot of these ideas to to kind of take root. And we got to get to the business of, of pulling those weeds from the, from the garden, so to speak. And there's a lot of problems. There's, there's a lot of places to start um, culturally, internationally. I mean, just along the southern border with, you know, the right to life and all these different issues. But I do at its core, I believe this, that we are facing today a spiritual battle in this country. Yeah. Well, yeah. You don't have to look far to see that if you have eyes to see. 
you 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 don't want to talk about who's actually running the country right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's um, there's there's been forces behind. Um, I'm going to say the Democrat Party, but I think politics in general. I'm, I try to be fair-minded on this, but you know, there are there are there's big money and there are silent or not very well-known voices that are making decisions. And they have been for a long time. The idea that Joe Biden is making all the strategic decisions. I mean, it, that's, that's just completely ridiculous to think today the, he has serious problems and that's, I don't take any joy in saying that. Right, that, right. that to me is, is unfortunate and sad, but there are, there are people that have lots of dollars, lots of input, the same people that decided Bernie wasn't going to be the nominee for the Democrat Party in 2016. Yeah. Uh, the same people that decided Biden was going to be the Democrat nominee in 2020. I mean, we forget that. I mean, there were lots of people on the stage. And before Super Tuesday, they made a few phone calls and Pete Buttigieg dropped out and Amy Klobuchar dropped out. Elizabeth Warren uh, began the process of dropping out so that they could prevent a Bernie Sanders debacle again in 2020. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of those are nameless, faceless people. You're thinking, you know, you think of Soros, you think of, you know, some that are not like maybe the Obamas, um, but it's not, it's, it's not objectively Joe Biden. It's just not, there, there's no way that someone can, can think that. Yeah. I, I do think it's Obama and his cohorts, which is why you see him in a bunch of key positions, but that that's just me. All right. I'm going to hit a couple uh, I'm not going to pull a Republican debate, you know, like you've got 30 seconds and then okay. oh, that drives me nuts. But, um, I do, I do have a few questions for you. Uh, just as deep as you want to go, but we don't have to get into it. Um, the, the Trump indictments and arrest legitimate or just ridiculously bogus. 100% ridiculously bogus. <laughs> 100%. In fact, that's dominated a lot of what we've talked about on the show recently. Um, you know, on one of our recent episodes, I played, I don't know if you remember this, Randy, but there was actually an ad campaign in 2016 that a bunch of actors were paid to produce that were, they were lobbying electors to not vote for Trump. I do remember in, that. Yeah. And I don't remember any of them getting indicted for trying to undermine our democracy. I don't remember any of them ending up having a mugshot or fingerprinted for trying to subvert our elections and so forth. And so it's it's been weaponized. It, it has been weaponized, uh, the, the Department of Justice, our system of justice. And just just the the irony, how do four of these cases end up? two and a half, three years after the fact of when they supposedly took place, all falling within a couple month window. And they went, if you look at the trial dates, they're all set to correspond around one, two of them are before Super Tuesday. The day, you know, and, and I mean, it just doesn't, there's no way. There's not that many coincidences in the world. Yeah, so. that, that doesn't pass the smell test. Okay, now the hard one for you, because this will get both of us in trouble. Uh, January 6th, was it a planned insurrection by the part of Donald Trump and his cohorts? Was it planned by someone else or was it a spontaneous thing that got out of control or something else? You know, I think that there's, there's layers to that, right? I think that, um, I think it's clear that, you know, Trump did not call for an insurrection. This, this whole thing about Trump calling for an insurrection to me is just, is 
really absurd because if you listen to his full speech, it's pretty clear that while they wanted to protest what they thought might happen, they were they were to go peacefully and patriotically. I mean, this is to me silly. Now, what we do know is that the government um, they are opportunists. They do think in three dimensional chess, not checkers or even you know normal chess, four dimensional chess for that matter. So um, I do think that there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of, I mean, we see video evidence of things that happened where gates were held open and, you know, you can be, and this is the position I've always taken. You know, I can be appalled at the people that legitimately broke the laws while at the same time saying that's not everybody. That's not a clear picture of what happened. We're not allowed to ask. We're not allowed to know in some instances, if you're not prepared to basically say these people need to be executed, you're considered a asset of Russia. And that's just silly as can be that doesn't that doesn't allow for genuine debate and it also provides cover from talking about the real issue as to why they were there which is concerns about the integrity of our elections Mm -hmm. which i don't know if you've seen 2000 mules but i mean just by watching that documentary alone i mean a reasonable person would at least have questions right and so but you're not allowed to have those and that's my problem that is my biggest problem we should be able to vigorously debate that just like we did Hillary Clinton's claims of her election being stolen. Right. So, well, and you know, this is nothing you're old enough to remember uh, Bush and and Florida and the hanging chads and all that. And I mean, it's, it's, it's fair game to question. I mean, I don't like, you know, Stacey Abrams calling herself the governor the whole time when she wasn't governor. I think it's a little on the ridiculous side, but the idea that, we can't even say, hey, we need to go back and make sure those ballots. There's just too much, too many local or too, too many judges and things like that changing election laws right up to the 2020 mm-hmm. election illegally under the, the COVID emergency orders, but not according to the state constitutions. Uh, and I just think it's good old fashioned ballot harvesting and ballot stuffing. And, you know, so it's I think it's fair to question it. And I will question. I have questioned. I will openly question it. And if they want to indict me in Georgia. Uh, I don't have to pose for my mugshot so I can get it just right like Trump did. Uh, Okay, early reports were that in the 20 or 48 hours after the Trump mugshot, he raised like seven point one million dollars. I've seen it's over nine. It's it may be approaching 10 now. I'm not sure. uh, but Yeah, he's. They've raised tons of money. Up and up. I admit I went and looked at T-shirts. I didn't buy one, but I thought. Ah. <laughs> so here's here's the hard part for me, honestly, in the upcoming, because I didn't vote for Trump in either of the primaries. Uh, voted for him in both the generals because it was him or Hillary and him <laughs> or Joe Biden. So it was a no-brainer, right? And I could have gone third party and made some statement that nobody would hear or just make myself feel better. But, I, you know, I don't know. I'm I, the, if a third party was viable, I would consider it, but it's just not. Um, so here's my tough thing because I watched the debate with the like the undercard, you know, <laughs> match. <laughs> and yeah. I have, I have, I, there's, I, I, I wouldn't, I probably won't vote for Trump in the uh, primary again. But yet, as I watch things going on, and they're arresting him, mugshotting him, and this. And like you say, putting the dates right around these key elections. Part of me, I'm like, you know what? I want to make a statement against authoritarianism. Uh, and 
I'm not too big on vengeance, but I know a lot of people are like, I just want Trump to get his revenge. How do we, what, what, what are your thoughts going into the primary? Do we push, you know, I like what I've seen from Ron DeSantis. I will say that. So mm-hmm. we do, do we push DeSantis by Trump if he can get by him? I'm not sure we can. Um, or do we stick it to the, the left by putting Trump back in there full of piss and vinegar, right? Can I say that on my show? It's my show. I guess I can say that. I would I would say C to that. So <laughs> okay. I I think there's um I think so I was as I said early on a, a student of, of Rush and Rush never did any endorsement during the primaries mm-hmm. and that's how I thought I was always going to be because honestly I I didn't really care to until you get to me to the main fight which is you know the the main election not that the i mean the primary matters i'm not saying that but to me you know let's hash it out there amongst ourselves and then and then get a candidate and go all in behind Mm -hmm. that candidate um i've actually changed my approach on this because i think i think what we are facing in this government and it pains me to say this it took me a long time to acknowledge this, but we have corruption in ways that would make the average person in your audience, my audience, we would faint from disbelief Mm. as to how despicable and wicked that this government has become. And I've always said, and back in 2016, I said the same thing. You know, there's two problems with the Republican Party in general. One is they don't always nominate principled conservative people, uh, people, limited government types. And secondly, if they do, they're often wimps. And I think the bigger issue now is to find someone that is ready to fight, not for vengeance. This is where I would differentiate from you. Maybe I would say uh, 2B or whatever for you on your options there. I think that we need to find someone not to fight for vengeance, but to fight for victory. Because I think... There's, there's things to like about several of these candidates, uh, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, and there's questions about these candidates too, right? Mm-hmm. World Economic Forum, some of the people that are surrounding DeSantis now, these are legitimate questions to me. But when I look at Trump, and I think this may be something that the Democrat Party may come to regret tremendously, is to give him basically an intermission here, four years and then four years off, to really let that simmer for him to kind of get his ducks in a row, his priorities. And I think he's going to come in metaphorical, metaphorical guns ablazing here. And I think that's what has to happen. I mean, if you notice things that are now being talked about on the debate stage, the elimination of the Department of Education, the dismantling of the FBI, I mean, other organizations that absolutely are corrupt beyond belief. Those are the conversations we need to have. That does not happen without a Trump that does not happen without seeing what we've gone through. And I think he's got to, I do, I think he's got to see the thing through. And I know that you've got viewers that are going to just really have a hard time with that, but it's not about vengeance for me. It's about, it's about resting control of this government back away from those folks, back to the people. And this, this Randy, this battle is not going to end. It's around for the rest of our lives, the Mm -hmm. rest of my children's lives, grandchildren's lives. I mean, but that's what Reagan said. It's always one generation away from extinction. Freedom is. Yeah. And so we better be about that business. And to me, it's a no brainer. And it's not a full endorsement of everything about Trump. That's not what it's about. It's about the best person 
for the job after we accept the realities of what we're dealing with. And I think he, without any question whatsoever for me, is the person that should win the nomination. So this is public knowledge, but I don't know that everybody knows it. Um, but my dad spent quite a bit of time with Trump uh, and his sons and still will talk. He'll talk to anybody. He's been talking to Vivek recently um, because Vivek has had an open ear. So, And I, and I think that's the right position for spiritual leaders, um, Christians in this country. If Joe Biden called my dad, my that's dad right. would, would talk to him. Um, I don't know. If, if Joe still knows how to use that rotary phone, then sorry, I can't help it. Um, no, but seriously, and, and, and we're, we're here, we're, we're open to minister to anybody and we're not going to run, say everything, you know, on the air and that kind of, there's so much of course. that's not talked about on the air. Um, so in my observations though, cause my dad would tell me what he told Trump, you know, and I'm like, well, good, you know, but then Trump doesn't do it. <laughs> and then, you know, he st- then he goes and he, you know, he behaves in ways that is they're they're not Christ-like, and as Christians, mm-hmm. we don't like them. And he seems like a complete narcissist at times. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing this up because I know you know this. You've had to re- wrestle with this. So what do you what do you do with a guy? I mean, none of them's perfect, and we're not looking for a pastor. I know Robert Jeffers has told me so many times. I'm looking for a pastor. I'm looking for a president. Okay, but that is the problem. That's why my you know, my wife is like, I can't stand the guy, <laughs> you know, it's like, and a lot of, a lot of people are just like, I don't, I don't like his personality. So it doesn't matter about his politics. What do you do with that? I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fair question. Um, but I, I do think number one, we have to realize that that's where a lot of people are coming from. Their, their, uh, politics has become, about personalities. In fact, I would say the left knows this. Mm-hmm. I would tell the people who think that, that this is being used against you um, because they they demonize individuals. Yeah. It's like Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. They demonize and put a face on who the problem is. They make it sound just like when they were keeping track of Trump's lies. What was the number? It was like 20 some thousand lies. It Dude, was a lie. Was, it was a lie. Yeah. I mean, it's the stupidest they, thing ever. Yeah. But they know what they do is they know that the average person, if you say Trump lied about this, you could you could explain, well, that's not really what that was. But if they say here's 20,000 lies, good luck, dude, you're not going to be able to respond to that. And so then what happens is we have to decide, wow, now I have to vote for a liar or a cheater or a whatever. And I would say that that's I mean, obviously, we don't want to have to have those choices. But the other choice is how about this? The. Uh, the forcing of your churches to marry same-sex couples. Yeah, How about that? Right, you want that? Right. Or, or you know, um, having your kids to have to attend school to hear about the possibility that, that while they might be biologically male, they can be biologically female tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Or that there's 58 genders. Is that biblical? I mean, I would just say we have to understand. I, I would kind of piggyback on what you said, Jeffers said, which is, I mean, we're not voting for a pastor. That's not to me- that's not meant to imply that he gets a free pass, but it should at least cause us to question why are all these things about Biden not discussed? Why do we not know about, I mean, my goodness, 20, 20 to 24 people that he's personally spoken with that gave his son money um, within days or weeks after the meeting that he supposedly never spoken with. Why do those things matter? What about the Tara Reid accusations where he said that or she said that he raped her? 
Yeah. Terrible stuff. Yeah. I mean, why does it matter for one and not the other? I, you know, to me, I don't even think about that. It's, it's what is best for this country, which ideas are we going to follow and try to implement? Because those are the things that have the biggest ramifications on your life and my life and our children's lives and our churches and so forth. Have you ever noticed that when um, a Republican gets accused of, of assault or, you know, inappropriate touching or whatever with a woman, 99% of the time it's a Democrat making the accusation towards a Republican. And when a Democrat gets accused of the same thing, 99% of the time, it's another Democrat making the same <laughs> And yet we're like, oh, we, the woman must be believed when she's talking about, you know, Supreme Court justice nominee, but not believed when she's talking about the Democrat nominee. I mean, it's like it's like insane. So here's what I I said to people who were struggling with this in the last election, uh, because I get it. I, Trump rubs me wrong so often. He, he does. <laughs> Mike, I would say to people, vote for vote for yourself. And I don't mean that purely selfishly, but in other words, like you said, I, I would vote for my family so that my grandson can, he started, uh, just recently started preschool. So, I mean, yeah, that's my first grandson. I'm, yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, that generation of kids, the, the, where my where my kids went to school here in Texas, and I we moved there because I knew it was a school district, they're being sued by the ACLU for not promoting the transgender stuff. And I don't know what they're going to do. They may not have enough money to to mm-hmm. not back down and so i'm like it's here it is in my backyard so if if it's if it's trump you know versus biden again let's just hypothetically uh or god forbid gavin newsom i just don't even understand that um i'm gonna vote for myself not not because i think trump behaves the way i would want a christian to behave all the time he doesn't uh and he may have some motivations that are very questionable I know the direction he's going to push the country in mm-hmm. versus the direction that Biden and the people behind Biden and the whole Scranton mafia are pushing the country in. And so I'm going to vote for myself because I want the country to go in a, a better direction than it is now. And that's my bottom line. Um, mm-hmm. Is that kind of where you come from? Yeah. And, and I would say towards how this country was founded. I yeah. mean, I would just, tack that on there because i mean that is the choice it's it's liberty um or it's it's big government quote-unquote solutions it's higher taxes it's less freedom less choice more inflation uh open borders um look at the the botched afghanistan withdrawal i mean there's so many things to to pick on here and you know, just because they don't get the negative media coverage and just because there aren't people lining up to go in front of cameras to say how terrible of a human being Biden is, doesn't mean that that's not true either. Right. And uh, I, I think that it's, you know, the, the media and, and social media and big tech, they amplify the voices that they want to amplify. They silence the voices which, by the way, there's so many more of the voices that they want to silence and tamp down yeah. than of the other side. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'll share that with you real quick. We, we've sold our home. We travel to this country as we syndicate uh, in our fifth wheel, which is wrapped with this eagle and stuff behind it, too. It's bright <laughs> red. My, my wife is a tough sell for her, let me tell you. But um, as we travel on what we call the truth tour, you know, in the conversations that we've had around the country, I firm, I really believe this. And I say this on the show. 80% of the people in this country agree with 80% of the things that I say on the show. And I do think, Randy, it should be 100% agree with 100%, but that's another story. We're working, story on, for we're working on it. 
But I do think that this is um, a situation that there's more agreement than than we realize, and I think that there's a lot of a lot of truth out there with that. That people are dying for this. People are ready to find a way to unite and to you know focus on the ideas that matter, not mm-hmm. the personalities of politics, not the divisions and hatred and all that other stuff. I mean, we've got a massive problem. It's impossible not to fill it today. Yeah. I think the biggest problem for the average good American is you're being manipulated 24 <laughs> seven, just by everybody, entertainment and media, politicians, obviously even businesses, you know, it's gotten mm-hmm. so bad. All right. We're going to have to, call a lid i think is biden's turn there you go uh, right you like that one so if you guys want to follow up uh, you're just gonna have to go to toddhuffshow.com toddhuffshow.com and you can catch todd find out where if you can get him locally you can get him on the internet so you can get him anytime on demand uh and he will manipulate he'll give you the straight story you can tell he's not one of those you know flamethrowers uh, he's a thoughtful guy, and this is really, I think, what we need. We'll come together. Anything I will miss before I let you go? I appreciate your time, man. Oh no, Randy, it's it's been great. Yeah, they can they can go to the website. They can uh, also we have a podcast that they can get from Apple Podcasts or mm-hmm. Spotify or anything else, or always go to the website. Yep. We've got a column too if they want to go to the website and sign up for that. It's free. It goes out on Wednesdays. So, um, in fact, that column's called Common Ground, and. and you know, it talks about ways to bridge the gap between people who may not always think like us without compromising our values and principles. And I think there's a lot more agreement out there if we get into those conversations. Everybody is feeling the pain of what's happening in this country right now. Yeah, yeah. If you're ever in Waco, Texas, right into the camper, campus of Baylor University, you should do your show from a coffee shop called Common Grounds. It would be a, there you go. a nice little cross-promotion. It's like... Perfect. Yeah, perfect for you. All right. That's enough of that. Hey, I appreciate you guys out there watching. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, if you, know, you don't have to agree, but you can, as long as you're nice, uh, you, please leave comments. And if you want to share this with somebody else, let people know about Todd's show. Do that. Uh, ToddHuffShow.com. If you haven't liked, follow, subscribe, please do that and come back. We'll see you again next time here on Life Today Live. Are we safe to America? Be true to what you said on paper.